How dare you not fulfill me the way I need you to, the way I want you to. How dare you do this to me? You're ruining my life. This is what happens. That's why we hate people that are exes and and ex-spouses and boyfriends and girlfriends. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, episode 179. Thanks for being here with me. I love to do this. It's something that, uh, it's, a, it's kind of a release from all the other many jobs that I, that I do. And this is, this is the one, probably the one job I have that I really get to slow the pace. And that, that's what I love about podcast forums is we get to just kind of slow down and have a real discussion. These, these videos are not edited um, I don't I don't cut them up to make them faster for you. So this is the way to hear it. You know, a long answer as if me and you were sitting around a campfire and just kind of looking into the embers and, you know, it's getting late at night. Got a chair, you got your, got your boots up on a rock. Listening to the flicker crackle. You just say, hey man, can I ask you a question? Look over. Yeah, what you got? Man, it's just something about life. Something's been going on with me and just wondering if we could talk about something. And that's really what we do on this podcast. Instead of asking me at a campfire, you email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. I don't have any notes, just like I wouldn't at a campfire. I don't have any any quotes or things ready to go for you. I'm just going to say whatever's on my heart. And even though it might always not always be right, uh, it's what's on my heart. So... I appreciate you guys. If I get angry, if I start sounding angry or excited, it's because I love you and I'm very passionate about some of these questions. And so I, I promise you, I will. I would not read it if I didn't like you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't care, right? So <laughs> it's, it, sometimes we get into some tough love. That being said, let's go to the first question. Subject line says, need advice. Haven't read this. I haven't read any of these. You're going to hear it as I hear it for the first time. Here we go. Hey, Granger, my name is Miles. I'm 29 from Marshfield, Wisconsin. I have dealt with depression and anxiety for roughly 10 years. I met this amazing girl that sparked my soul. I had a really bad day Friday night while we were out with her brother and sister-in-law. I overreacted over something so stupid and immature. I ended things with her because I didn't want to hurt her anymore emotionally. I love her so much, and I honestly believe and have the most faith that she is my person and my soulmate. I have never felt this way about a single person or thing in my whole life. I want to call and text her throughout the day, but I don't want to do that until I get mentally better to be the best boyfriend, best friend for her that I could be. What can I do to help me? And do you think that there is any chance she'll give me another chance once I'm good? All right, Miles, 29, shout out to Wisconsin. Thanks for opening up. This is is deep on your heart, man. So thank you for opening up on something that you have dealt with for 10 years, really. So let's dive into it, okay? Um, I'm going to pick apart your email. This is what I'm going to do the whole podcast. I'm going to pick apart, I'm going to use your words because that's all I have. 
I don't have your eyes or your body language. I just have what you wrote. So I'm going to use your words down to the letter. Okay. That's all I got on this podcast. So I'm going to quickly recap. You have struggled with depression and you fell in love. You had a bad night Friday and you were also in public in front of her brother, which is embarrassing and sister-in-law, which probably deeply hurts her because it wasn't just a private mess up, right? You overreacted, you acted immature, and you broke up with her all in this one big spill of anger, right? Then you say you love her so much. You believe she is your person and your soulmate. You've never felt this way about any person in your whole entire life. And you want to call her and text her throughout the day, but you're holding back because you don't want to do that until you get better because you don't want to mess up again and say something that you, you regret, right? You want to be the best boyfriend, best friend that you could be for her. Okay, so that's the recap. Let's dive in. The first thing I want to get to you on is I'm dealing with your words here. The first thing I want to go after is this one sentence in the middle that says this. I love her so much and I honestly believe and have the most faith that she is my person and my soulmate. Never felt this way about any single person in my whole life. Okay, that these are this is language of someone that is desperate and in a fog. I'm about to burst some bubbles on this podcast right now, but I'm going to tell you something y'all you don't have a person or a soulmate that is a, an, an ancient pagan idea that your soul gets bonded with another and you have to cut it down the middle to break it apart because you are mated with a soul. One soul mates with another, becomes one. This is just a myth. It's just an old human myth, an old ancient idea that just means nothing. It's not true. You don't have a soulmate. You don't have a person. You could be, you could be compatible with many others. And this is why is this a problem? This is a problem because when you go into it thinking that you have one person, one soulmate, then you latch on, like you said, I've never felt this way about a single person or thing my whole life. You are idolizing this person. This person is a God that you are worshiping. You say, I have never felt this way about a person or thing in my life. This person, I have the most faith, interesting word, faith that this is my person and my soul mate. These are feelings that you're having. And the problem that it creates is that when, when you feel this way and you feel like you need to worship this idle person and it, hey, you might think that I'm using crazy language here. Like I'm Granger, you're going too far. You're exaggerating Granger. Am I? Am I exaggerating when I say this person has become a God that you're now worshiping? Would that be an exaggeration if I told you, if I repeated your sentence and said, this person, I have the most faith that this is my person, my soulmate. I've never felt this way about a single person or thing. That sounds like worship. 
to me. The problem is, this is a feeling. And we, we, love needs to be an action that we decide. Love has to be something that we cannot define on our own. We don't get to decide what love is. Love is outside of us. It is it is not subjective to what we get to think that it is. So if love is outside of who we are, it doesn't manifest itself in us. If love is outside of us and it's in its objective truth, then we don't get to define it. But we could decide when we want to put that kind of action into another person. Granger, what are you talking about? Love is an action. Love is a verb. Love is... Love is selfless. Love is not something that you need for yourself to make yourself feel better. That is not love. That is the way you have defined it. This is a major problem right now in our culture because we are constantly defining love and replacing that for some kind of infatuation or fulfillment of a need that we have, that we want. We want something to fulfill us, to make us happy, to fill a void that we have inside of us, to cure us, to make us feel good, to make us feel happy. I want this person. This per- I, have, I have felt in my heart and my soul and my faith that this is my soulmate and my person, and they're going to fulfill me, and I need that person to fill me. And when they don't do it, because it will happen. One day, this girl won't be able to do it anymore. And you will blame her for that. How dare you? How dare you, my soulmate? How dare you not fulfill me the way I need you to, the way I want you to? How dare you do this to me? You're ruining my life. This is what happens. That's why we hate people in our, that are exes and, and ex-spouses and boyfriends and girlfriends. I hate you because how dare you, my soulmate of the universe, how dare you cut yourself off from my soul and treat me like this? You belong to me, Right? That's that's as crazy as this gets, and we all fall into it as humans. So we have to fight against that and say, no. No, love is a decision, and it's a selfless act. I love you. I want to pour into you. I want to serve you. Regardless of me, 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 what I want, what I need, I'm choosing to love you in a selfless way. Right? So that, that's the beginning of this, of this conversation. That's how this whole thing starts, is establishing the objective truth about how you feel about her. Because if you feel this way about her, that she's your soulmate, then you have other things you have to deal with right now. And you need to cut her, your idol, out of your life. It's a good thing that you're not with her right now. This is a good thing. You don't need to be with this girl because you're worshiping her. And partly you're saying this kind of language, partly because you're just missing her and you're heartbroken and you have heartbroken goggles on 
and you're seeing through heartache and you're going, oh man, I messed up. I'm dead. See, I've dealt with depression. I've, I've had depression for 10 years and that's the problem. It's, and so that's the reason is I was at dinner and because I've, I've suffered from depression and I, you know, that's why I said some things that then I regret that I made sure I broke up with her because I honestly, you know, I just, I didn't want her to hurt anymore emotionally. So I cut her off, you know, but now I'm feeling like maybe I made a mistake and I want to call her, but I, I, of course I don't call her because I want to protect her from me because I'm crazy. And then, you know, but, but Hey Granger, what can you do to help me, you know, to, so I can make myself better because me, 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 I want, I need me. That's your story. And it's, it's my story. And it's everyone listening. This is, this is the epidemic of humanity. This is the fallen nature of man. We just, the truth is we just want to please ourselves. We want, we just want to please ourselves. You can test this easily by tracking yourself through the day. You want to, you want to eat the meal that pleases you. You want to sleep according to how it pleases you. You want to wear clothes according to how they please you. You want things. So we have to fight against that feeling. We have to fight against the flesh and say, I, I messed up again. Ah, it's the flesh again. Ah, it's me being selfish again. I got to stop this. I have to consciously make efforts to stop this and make a decision to love, a decision to serve, to pour in, to be selfless, to stop thinking about myself again. This is a daily thing. And with practice, we can get better at it, but ultimately it never leaves. As fallen creatures on this planet, that this just that never leaves. I mean, look around. This is what we do. This is what we've always done as humans. So, Miles, fight it. You don't need to be with this girl or any girl right now. You say, here's your last sentence. What can I do to help me? Do you think there's any chance she will give me a chance once I'm good? Stop thinking about you all the time, Miles, and things will start to get better. Let's move on here. Subject line in this next one says, question. Hey, Granger, my name is Aaron. I'm 25 years old from central Iowa. I used to party all the time from 19 to 25. Recently, I found your podcast, and it seems like God put the podcast on my recommended list so that I could hear what I need to hear. I've been listening to your podcast a lot, and it's been really speaking to me. Because of your love and faith for God, I've dove right back into the word. I always thought God left me. I had a falling out with my former church after graduating at 18. How should I go about finding a new church? Thank you, Granger. Thanks for what you're doing. Aaron. All right, Aaron. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for emailing. You're 25. Shout out to Central Iowa. Love Iowa. And you, you've, been, um, you've been partying from 19 to 25 understandable. You and 99% of other people at your age. 
Um, I get it. I love that you found the podcast. I love that you're listening. Welcome in. Let's get started, right? Your main question here looks to be, you, well, first of all, you, you always thought God left you, okay? I don't, I don't think I need to dive into that. We understand that. Um, you had a falling out with your former church. I have questions about this. Like, why? My first question is that. I actually, if I was with you and we're sitting around a campfire, I'd say, Aaron, tell me about this falling out with the church. Because what, here's what you're saying. Let me put these two things together. You're, you had a falling out with the church, and then you partied for six years hard. So my point is we can't really look at the church here and go, they were wrong while I was partying. So I would, that would be my first thought is, was now that you look back in hindsight, was the church wrong or were you wrong? Okay, so there's that. So then the second question is, how do you find a new church? Assuming that the old church, you ain't going back. Um, and man, that's a great question. And it's not, it's not an easy answer because it takes a lot of growth. It takes a lot of um, maturity. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of reading the Bible. It takes a lot of studying so not to find a church, none of that matters to find a church, but it takes a lot of that to understand the, a good church, a good life-giving church. And so sometimes we have to study and study and read and, and pray and walk in the spirit more and more to start, our eyes start opening up around us and we start to see things in a different light including churches, including people. But it's not something that should hinder you from getting into a church today. You, you would never say, for instance, I'm going I'm to hold off on this whole church-finding thing for a few years until I get more mature in my faith. Then I'm going to go, then I'll be ready to find a church. No, 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 no. You're going to do that now. And you're going to grow along with the church. And if you grow apart from the church because you're, you're, you're spiritually mature in a different area, and maybe that church isn't, isn't biblically sound in the way that you need it to... to, to no, 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 no not, not the way you need it. Biblically sound in the way that it should be, according to the biblical truth of the Bible then you'll see that your eyes will be opened to it as it goes down in real time. So what So what do I do, Granger? You're not answering. Okay, well, here's, here's the practical way. I would try churches. Try it out. You're, if you were going to go to, you would say, hey, man, I'm going to start working out. I really want to start getting into fitness and the goal is not just to get into good shape. Actually, actually, my goal is to actually get into bodybuilding at a highly competitive level. I say that analogy because you want to grow as a Christian to a highly astute level. That's what you want. You want to be walking in the faith and total obedience to our Savior. So you're going to, I'm using the analogy of the gym saying you want to be a bodybuilder. So if you're starting now and you're not in shape, 
You're not a bodybuilder by any means. In fact, you're not even a weightlifter at all. But that's where you want to go. Then you're going to start trying out gyms. And you're going to walk into the gym and you're going to look around and go, okay, this is... This has got the weights, it's got the rubber floor, it's got the mirrors, but I don't, I don't think there's growth here for me. I don't think that I could learn more than just minimal weightlifting. And you go to another church and you go, well, this, one, this one's got all CrossFit stuff. It doesn't have any weights in it, just, just CrossFit. But that's a kind of a nice way to learn this aspect of it and to grow my core strength. Then you go to another one, and and then you try this one out, and this one's got a lot more stuff. It's huge. It's massive. There's massive amounts of people coming in and out. They've got every kind of weight equipment that you could possibly imagine. There's a lot of bodybuilders in there, but there's so many in there that there might not be enough to actually help you grow because they're so busy, and there's so many of them. So then you go to another church, excuse me, then you go to another gym and you walk in here and then this one, it's like the Goldilocks gym, right? This one is not too big, not too small. It has a good variety of equipment and it has bodybuilders in here that are ready to teach, that are ready to show you how to grow from where you are now to a professional level and you can grow as big as you want in this Goldilocks gym. No different than looking for a church. Get out there. Take a break. Be right back. All right, guys, back to the questions here. If you have anything for me, email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll put it into the queue. I have a couple things that I like to ask. Please don't send the same email twice. And please don't send one much longer than like a phone length because then it's hard to scroll and read and keep the context on the podcast itself. Okay, so diving in here to the next question. Subject line says, please, please read me. Can you love someone you hate? Hey there, Granger Smith. My name is Savannah. I live in Omaha, Nebraska. I was with my ex for five years, and during that time, we were married for four months. The first time he left me was the day before Christmas Eve in 2018. He refused to work things out. He avoided me altogether. Nine months later, we got back together. We were divorced by this time. We immediately got pregnant, and now we have a beautiful two-month-old daughter. My ex left us again abruptly, leaving us with nothing, and this time he actually moved out of the state and is now living with a new girl. Granger, I have forgiven him time and time again, especially because we have a daughter, because the Lord tells us in the Bible to forgive 72 times, but I'm struggling, really, I'm struggling forgiving him because of all this hurtful, hateful things he has done to me. But not only to me, our daughter. I have nothing but hate, resentment for him. I hate him. I know hate is such a strong word, but I don't know how to feel any differently. Since he left, I feel like I have been surviving and not truly living. 
Let me read that again. Since he left, I feel like I've only been surviving and not truly living. I am hurt. I would rather, rather than trying to work things out with his family, he would rather live with another girl. I grew up without a dad who did the same thing. I feel worthless knowing my daughter is going to go through the same thing I did. I don't know how to forgive him. How could I learn to love him as my daughter's dad, even though I hate him? Best regards, Savannah. Savannah, thank you. This is such a good email because you did not hold back. You didn't sugarcoat anything. You didn't try to make yourself seem better than you are or or more mature than you are or try to make it sound nice for the podcast. You just laid out your your emotions very vulnerable and I'm just I have so much respect and I just want to honor you before I start. I just want to honor you for just being honest because we don't have to always live in a good place. Sometimes we have to embrace the suck. We have to embrace sometimes that, you know what? This is a tough time. (laughs) This is a really rough time right now in my life. I'm I'm not enjoying it very much at all, this season that I'm in. And just sometimes just saying that and realizing you know what? It's okay. It's okay. No, no one's trying to, to blow butterflies all over you and just say, no, rainbows, butterflies, bubbles, just be happy, smile and be happy, enjoy life. No one needs to tell you that. Sometimes you can go, you know what? If someone says, how you doing? Savannah, how you doing? You go, you know what? Life kind of sucks right now. You know what? That's okay. I surely don't mind it, and I appreciate your honesty. Let's dive in specifically to kind of to kind of the bottom line of what you're asking, really, through all of this. And and I'll also acknowledge that you have every right to feel hurt, to feel betrayed. You have every right. Your question really comes down to this. How can I learn to love him, the ex, as my daughter's dad, even though I hate him? That's your question. So you know me. I'm gonna, you're, you reference the Bible, and that's where I'm going to go because when it comes to something like this that's this deep, I don't have any other way to go. I'm not, I don't have a psychology degree. I'm not a sociologist or a therapist or a counselor. I'm just a friend. Let's first of all think about it. I think about this a lot. I've thought about it a lot in songwriting. What is the opposite of love? I lay it out there. What is the opposite of love? It's not hate. It is not hate. Hate is a close brother, a close sibling of love. It takes a lot of passion directed at someone to love. And like I said earlier, we make a decision to love. 
we consciously, we feel something, we're driven, we're driven by a, a feeling, but ultimately we decide to commit to loving someone. And it takes a lot of effort, a lot of commitment, a lot of passion, a lot of feeling in a lot of direction. I hate, same, same thing. It takes a lot of feeling, a lot of passion. We, we, we're directed, we, it's spurred by a gut feeling, but then we ultimately decide, yes, I hate you. I hate you. I am focusing my energy on you because I hate you. Just like you would say, I'm focusing my energy on you because I love you. Same thing. They're close brothers. The opposite of love, in fact, and the close brother hate. They both have the same opposite. Hate and love, same opposite. Indifference. Indifference. I don't care at all. I don't care. It means nothing to me. You, my ex, you, I, I don't care. Do what you want. Do what you want. Go sleep with you, who you want. Call when you want. I don't know. I, 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 sorry, I just don't care at all. I did, in fact, I didn't even think about it. Most of the days, I just forget about it. What's your name again? I don't know. It doesn't even matter. That's total indifference. It works. It's the opposite of hate. It's the opposite of love. Isn't that interesting, right? Hate and love, so close. No one is indifferent to themselves or to their ex or to their current husband or wife. That is far-fetched. What you want is to be indifferent to your ex. That's what you want. You want to be able to say, you know what, it's okay. Do your thing, big boy. I, I, me and my daughter are fine. You do your thing. You do you. And um, we'll we'll do what we do. It's it doesn't bother me. That's 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 kind of where you want to go. It's very difficult to get there. But I just want to acknowledge that you're you're not doing the opposite of loving him. Because that was your question. How can I learn to love him even though I hate him? I wrote a song about this called "Hate You Like I Love You," and it's the song. The song is actually exactly your your story. The scenario is. I'm just trying to hate you like I love you. Meaning, as much as I'm pouring into you with this love, you know, I just want to hate you that way. And the truth is, the residual left over from your love for him is what's causing this all this energy of hate. So what do you do? Where do you go from there? Like you said, the Bible says, forgive, 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 forgive. First of all, you realize his fallen nature. He is a fallen creature. So are you. Even though he's done terrible things on the surface, in God's eyes, you're no better. You haven't done things, works, deeds, effort. You haven't done anything more than him to raise your, your standing with God. We are all fallen and broken. Jesus says, you hate someone with your heart? You're murdering them. Guilty. I'm guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty of murder. That's how, that's how serious God takes hate. It's, it's as serious as murder. I'm not calling you out. I'm saying, I'm with you. I have felt that. I have felt that feeling. I'm guilty of murder. I'm convicted. So what do we do with this? Lying, thieving, 
murderous, blasphemous, adulterous generation that we are? What do we do with this? We realize that we have been redeemed. We realize that we have been restored. We have been adopted as sons and daughters. You have a father that left you on earth. You have a heavenly father that will not leave you. He has adopted you. All in the kingdom of his is now yours. He's giving it to you. It's a gift. He gives good gifts. He cares. He also disciplines because he loves. And only a way to create good for you. Because he has good plans for you. Now, you might not see it on this earth. That's what that's what's hard to understand. You might not get it in some kind of prosperity way. Your bank account doesn't just start growing. You, get, you know, Prince Charming doesn't just ride in on a white horse and sweep you off your feet and you forget all this. But he provides in a way that we just can't quite understand, but we trust him anyway. You're redeemed. You're adopted. You're ransomed. That's what he promises you. He promises to heal you. Jesus died on the cross, taking on the sins of the world so that his people could be redeemed. That price is paid. The fine that you cause from your hate in your heart and mine. The sentence for that is death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Me and you have hated in our hearts. We've lied, stolen. The wages of that is death. So he comes in, Jesus comes in on the cross, the blood of the lamb. And that price pays for your bail. You're now free. So what do you do with this freedom? What do you do? You turn around to the person that did that for you. And you say, thank you. I will serve you. He says, you know how you serve me? Keeping my word. You say, how do I keep your word? He says, feed my sheep serve my people. The only way you can get over this hate with your husband, the only way you could battle it, the only way you could counteract hate is with gratitude. Where does gratitude come from? Knowing that you are fallen, you are broken, you are redeemed and adopted and forgiven and ransomed by the blood of Christ. If you could realize how bad you are, Savannah, if you could stop thinking about how bad your ex-husband is and realize how bad you are, the crimes that you have committed, if you could realize that and then realize no, to knowing that your, your, your price has been paid, the ransom has come, you are free. You are free. When you realize that, it's the gratitude that wells up in your heart and overflows. And when it overflows, the outpouring of that gratitude is love. It is, it is seeing people for who they are. People in desperate need of a Savior. And so you serve them. You clothe them. You visit them in prison. You help them in their need. You feed them. You've outpoured to, and for some reason, when you do that, because of the gratitude that's flowing from you, because of that, when you take that energy and you go and you start serving others, for some reason, there's a healing in that. And you start healing 
inside. It starts, it starts healing itself from the inside out. The inward change. You need a new heart. You don't need a tactic or a strategy on how to forgive, how to not hate someone. This guy's done terrible things to you. I can't tell you a list of seven things to help you not hate him anymore. You need a new heart. You need an inward change, an inward transformation that goes from hate to gratitude, knowing that you deserve to be hated, but instead you're loved. Jesus says, "What? Well, it's so easy to love someone that loves you. That's easy. Jesus says, what's hard is to love someone that hates you. That's why it says, love your enemies. That's hard to love your enemies. It's easy to love your mama. She loves you. That's easy. Who doesn't? Can you love someone that hates you? Sometimes you got to preach this into your heart from your mind. You got to preach it into your heart from your mind. You got to say these kind of things, this kind of language. I am fallen. I am broken. I have messed up. I have hated. But despite all of that, I'm loved. I've brought into a family. Our Heavenly Father has brought me into his family as an adopted daughter. What am I going to do with this information? Someone that was just, that was without hope now has hope. What am I going to do with this? I'm so grateful. So you preach that into your heart. And you say, I I know that this guy, this ex, he's done some terrible things. But I forgive him. And your gut goes, no, I don't. And you go, yeah, I do. I, I forgive him. And you preach it into your heart day after day. And you see that your daughter sees you do this. You act it out. You you play this out in front of your daughter. Maybe that's something your mom didn't get to do. So you play it out in front of your daughter. Over and over and over. You are the one in needing of healing. You are the one that needs to be set free. Not him. Everything will change. Next question. Subject line says, new school. Hey, thanks for your time. I love your podcast. I'm a senior in high school and I just moved schools. I don't really know anyone here, but there's this girl in my class and I think she's beautiful and I really like her. I've never been in any kind of relationship and I don't think I would ever be able to build up the nerve to talk to her. Like I said, I'm new in school and I would just feel weird being the new kid going up and asking this girl out. What advice would you give me? Thanks again, Blake. Hey, Blake. I appreciate you, brother. Senior in high school. If only we could all have that chance again to be a senior. Buddy, um, it's difficult to go to a new school, isn't it? Especially your senior year, man. This is, I'm sure that's not something you signed up for. And it's hard. New school, new faces, no friends you could trust. And then to add to all this, there's this girl. And she's really cute. And you want to talk to her, but you're the new guy. You don't think you have enough nerve to ask her. So let's dive into this question. First thing I would say, say we're sitting around a campfire talking about this. First thing I would say is you need a buddy. You need a friend. How do you get a friend? Well, I would start with 
things that you're interested in, pursue that. So you like chess, find the chess team and join it. You like student council, join it. You like football, go get on the team. You like baseball, track, you like drama, you like choir, you like band, find something that interests you. Shop, uh, could be golf, whatever. There's, there's always a group for every kind of person. Get into the group and dive into the group and find someone that you could have a conversation with. Hey, my name is Blake. I'm new here. I love shop. This other guy's like, yeah, me too. And the other guy's like, in fact, I, I moved here four years ago and immediately joined shop. And you're like, yeah, I, I was in shop in my last school and I don't know anything about this school. Can you help me out? And he's like, yeah. What do you need to know? I could tell you the ins and outs of this school. Do this for a little bit. Several conversations later, you go, hey, there's this girl. And he's like, oh, you're talking about her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like her? And you're like, yeah, I think she's beautiful. I just don't, I don't know what to say to her. And he's like, man, I actually, uh, I've known her since we were in elementary school. And she's actually a super sweet girl. Um, she likes... Chocolate milkshakes, I happen to know that. You know, maybe one day you just ask her if she wants to have a chocolate milkshake. See, these are little pieces of advice that you can get from a friend like this once you have a friend. then And then you have a solid foundation. So then you, you talk to the girl. She rejects you. You go back to the guy and you go, man, she rejected me. And he's like, well, man, you don't need her anyway. But there is another girl that maybe we could, you know, it just creates this camaraderie that we need in, in a new school like this. So before going out on the limb and trying to talk to this girl, build your, build your support group up. You're going to need the support group, whether or not she likes you or not, you're going to need some buddies. Good email, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Blake. I appreciate you, brother. Um, all you guys, I appreciate you emailing and your questions mean so much to me. And so does this podcast as always. We'll see you back next Monday. Yee -yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.